Hello, and welcome back to the show. I'm Liz Wilson. I'm Christoph Defoe. Today we're doing the first episode in a series that we had not named until this episode, in fact. You'll hear us come up with it. We've talked a lot on here about the layers of racism and sexism in our culture. You know, just because water fountains in schools are no longer legally segregated and women are allowed to wear pants and own property, that doesn't mean that we've solved the problems. The fact is this country was built specifically to favor white men. Patriarchy and white supremacy are baked in. We've shed a lot of the more obvious layers of the proverbial onion, but in many ways, we're at a point where the harm from these systems is more difficult to address because it can be harder to see. In this series, Christoph and I will take turns highlighting an area of deep, quote, hidden racism or misogyny in the hopes of keeping us all moving forward toward understanding and healing. But first, I want to remind you that if you like our show, make sure to subscribe, leave a review, check out our Patreon, and tell your friends to listen. New episodes post Mondays at noon Eastern on all the major podcast channels. Also, be sure to check out our sponsor, Cannibal & Co., located in downtown Jersey City, and shopcannibal.com. We're grateful to Cannibal for sponsoring our show. So this is um, something that I've been doing lately that uh, I, I don't, I feel like I might've talked about this last time I, I talked to you, but Natasha Leone did this great interview where she talked about how she hates small talk and she's taken to, like, she likes to give a, someone says, how are you doing? She likes to give a percentage, you know, it's <laughs> like, like that. more honest, still keeps it quick if the other person doesn't have time to invest, but you just, you know, you're not like, Hey, I'm fine. Bye. Um, so I've really uh, taken to that idea. So instead of asking you how you're doing, I'm going to ask you what your percentage is today. <laughs> That's a great question. Um, I think um, my percentage today is hovering around a good, I would say, 75%. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's like, okay. I've, I actually tend to be better off later in the week. Um, early in the week, I absolutely hate myself and my life. So <laughs> if you talk to me on Mondays, I'm like, this is awful. And uh, I feel terrible about myself and about my prospects. So um, how about you? Where's your percentage at? Oh, well, I mean, I, I don't have lofty goals. I generally feel like 50% <laughs> is pretty good. It means that you're, is pretty like, good. you're neutral, right? I'm probably at like a 50 or 60. I would be at an 80, but I f- have a little cold, you know? And so as we've talked about in the past for, for me, I just have like, there's this mood component to being sick. It's really not even a bad cold. It's just this like low level thing. And I just feel like, meh. but so 50, 50% is decent. Um, I will say though, that I have been running because, you know, in this moment of a heightened, um, belief in myself back in the fall, <laughs> I signed up for a 7.6 K. <laughs> that is wonderful. In a moment of high, heightened belief in myself. <laughs> Um, yeah. Oh, that's so on point. I so identify with that. <laughs> that's like, I have this, this, uh, soft rule that I should not make social plans right after I've had my first cup of coffee, because that's when I basically feel like up for anything and I could do whatever. And I'm so happy. And then a little while later, I immediately regret it. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, but so, and then not only did I sign myself up for this race, I then asked my neighbor, who's like a marathon runner, if she would do it with me. So she's like, yeah, totally. So now I am running and she's like, it's it's amazing and also terrifying because the fact that she's doing it with me is really the thing that has got me like focused on training hard because I don't want to humiliate myself. Um, but it's, it's terrifying. And I keep saying to her, like, Michelle, you know that you're like, I'm going to be crawling. And she's like, oh, no worries. I'm taking it so slow. Um, so I'm curious to see what her idea of slow is, but she <laughs> listens to the pod. So hi, Michelle. <laughs> um, oh, I'm very impressed by folks who run like that. I mean, I very impressed. I mean, I am slow. I like to run. I don't like to run, but I do it. Um, mainly because of my arms and shoulder weakness, right? Like running is something that I can do that doesn't require my arms. And I do need to, I do think exercise is really good for mental health and, and also just physical health, right? I mean, one of the things that my doctor always says is like, why aren't you, you, you should be doing stuff like that. And I, and I don't. So anyway, um, so but when I see people who are just running and they're just like, you know, they're fast, right? You can tell this, this person's running seven minute miles. Like they are like, they're basically running out there. They're not jogging, they're running and they're running. I'm That's like, right. oh my God. That's oh right. My God. I'm like, like plodding along, you know? <laughs> Here's me in my like 12 and a half minute mile. Exactly. Same. Same. Just like same. dying. And dying. then this person is like lapping me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. But, but you uh, know what? <laughs> I've pushed through it and it's That's been right. really right. gratifying because this is like the most improvement I've ever seen in myself in a prep. Like, cause I ran a 5k a few years ago and I trained for that and this I feel stronger as a runner than I did then. Um, That's awesome. So yeah, it's been it, that part has been cool, and so I forced myself to go out this morning, even though I'm not feeling well, which I never would have done in the past. I would have been like, "Oh, I'm going to take a sick day." I don't, I don't need a sick day. I could do it. It was fine. Um, and I did a twelve twenty mile today. So there awesome. you go. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. And I ran almost three miles. Awesome. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. So so that's helping for sure. That's helping me get through my sickness blues. But anywho, that's me. That's how I'm doing. <laughs> Although I will say that um, all this shit that is going on with the trans ban in the, uh, no, the drag ban, so-called drag ban in Tennessee and all this kind of stuff. If it's okay with you, I'd like to just kind of rant a little while. And yeah, then please do. I'll get some feedback from you. Um, so today I want to talk about the part that Disney and the movie industry in general has played in upholding patriarchy in ways that might not seem super obvious. So obviously I've been thinking about this topic a little more than usual because I think about this shit all the time. I can't help it um, because I was prepping for this show. And then all this shit in Tennessee, specifically last week, but around the country in general lately, really seems to be hitting the fan hard. Conservatives are pushing this, you know, bizarre idea that drag queens are damaging to children. It's so wild that it wouldn't even be worth talking about if it weren't for the fact that Republicans are using it to strip away absolutely fundamental rights. Like it boggles my mind. All this bullshit about how trans folks and drag queens not to mention, quote unquote, the gays mm -hmm. are grooming children, sexualizing them, exposing them to their 
lifestyle. Like I'm listening to all this and all I can think is, bitch, we grew up watching cartoon princes kissing unconscious princesses. We were playing with these laughably proportioned Barbies. By the way, someone in real life could never have those proportions or they wouldn't be able to stand up. They were clearly designed to please men. Like they've had fucking boobs and asses. We were fed fairy tale, romantic, straight love stories from the time we were born. We all are. And drag queens are the ones who are grooming. You'll literally drag, groom your daughters for beauty pageants when they're five years old. Like, have you, you know, like, jo what's her name? John Benet Ramsey, dressing them like little mini brides or like, like real estate agents from the Midwest. I mean, <laughs> you put makeup on your babies and make them strut around. But drag queens are the ones who are grooming us. What are yeah. your thoughts, Defo? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it is, I think it's disgusting, right? I mean, it's disgusting in a lot of ways. I mean, it's disgusting because... I mean, from a purely political perspective, it's disgusting because it deflects. This is a like a rattle that conservatives shake to distract the their their constituents and really their marks. They're like right; these are grifters essentially, right? I mean, that's what the Republican Party has become. Certainly, the MAGA wing, but not just the MAGA wing, right? I mean, this is what the GOP has become because. They have no governing philosophy, except for the only governing philosophy they have, as we know, is cutting taxes for millionaires, you know, uh, unending corporate profits, all that stuff, power. right? Yeah. Um, power. And just, and right, and power just for the sake of power also. Um, and so that's disgusting on its own, but also it'd be one thing if they were, but now they're targeting the most vulnerable people in our society. And that makes it even worse, right? I mean, they always target the most vulnerable people because those are the people who you can demonize and people don't care about, right? I mean, you can, what you, we talk about dehumanization on this, on, on our show a lot. And um, these are people that are, that, uh, that, that you can get a huge 30, 40% of the population to completely dehumanize and say, no, it's okay that those people suffer because they're just not like us. And that is what we keep seeing here over and over and over again. Those people aren't like us, right? Disney princesses, they are like us, which of course they're not, but they are, but, the, but that, that ideal is us, right? Mm -hmm. That is, but those people over there are not, and that's why you should hate them, and that's why you should ignore the fact that we have no policy at all to solve any of the real problems you're facing. So let's make up a bunch of fake ones, and that is absolutely in absolutely infuriating. Um, absolutely infuriating. Yeah, I mean they're fighting. They say they're fighting. God, this just makes me want to barf to even say wokeism. They created wokeism, like. They've invented this problem, and now they are spending all their energy fighting the problem that they designed. Like, literally all people are doing is living their damn lives. That's it. Ex literally just existing. Literally existing. just existing. They strip people of a bunch of their fundamental rights, like the, the right to get married. And then so people respond to that stripping of rights with anger and with wanting to talk about the problem. And then they say, see? You're bringing up identity politics. 
Like, it wouldn't have been brought up if y'all didn't fuck with it in the first place. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Let's just right. create this issue. Anyway. All right. Let's let, dig into this um, Disney thing a little more. And I don't mean to throw Disney under the bus. It's just like a really easy shorthand. But it can be such an overwhelming thing to talk about because it's so far reaching. And just like all the topics that we're going to be exploring in this series, that's something that we are all, you know, this is the water that we grew up in, right? And it's hard to see the water that you grew up in. So one of these things is that, so there's this, you know, popular romantic quote unquote trope. You find it in rom-coms, any kind like dramatic films, anything with a love story, books, lots of media that t that kids and teens and adults consume. And we all consumed it growing up is the idea that it is romantic for a boy or a man to pursue a woman who has rejected him. You know, the whole like, she said no, but I know we're meant to be together. Or like, I just need to prove my love to her. Or you'll hear people be like, yeah, he asked me out 15 times before I said yes, and now we're married. And like, thank God I wore her down. You know, this idea of wearing a woman's will down so she'll be with you. <laughs> it's considered romantic. Boys and girls are fed this myth growing up, right? Like that love is like some kind of hero's quest for the man that he needs to like win a woman like she's a prize, aka an object, right? We all eat that shit up. I mean, even sitting here now about to tear it to shreds, there's part of me that's like, but John Cusack was so sweet and cute and he loved her so much. And I definitely wanted that when I was younger. I mean, I'd been fed this myth, right? So I had this idea of what love was. By the way, I'm talking about John Cusack in the classic 1980s movie, Say Anything for any of you under 40s or maybe even under no under 40s would work right yeah i think so <laughs> but the thing is that like if john cusack had been interested in me he wouldn't have had to beg me because <laughs> i would have been into it and it would have been a really short movie <laughs> <laughs> the reality is that if a guy if i told someone i wasn't interested and he kept pursuing me it wouldn't feel romantic it would feel creepy as hell and I happen to know this because it did happen to me several times. Like these were perfectly nice guys. Some of them were like my, my friends, but the act of pursuing someone who's not interested is just inherently creepy. They were only doing what they'd been told men should do. It's not their fault. You know, we all digested those messages. But when that's what we're taught about romantic love and sexuality, how can we be surprised when consent becomes an issue, right? Like me too shouldn't have actually surprised anybody, but it did men and women. Like I was surprised by a lot of it because we'd all been taught that not only does consent not matter, it was actually actively discouraged to pay attention to the consent. It was a man's job to push past that consent, right? Women were taught that their consent didn't matter. And men were taught that they know better than she does what she wants so of course it came of course it caused problems totally totally you know one thing that you mentioned that jumped uh, that triggered uh something in my head and that is this idea right of um this man as man as a center of a hero story right i think there's something really 
significant there because it and as you know, I like to talk about human nature and i and I really think that the way we tend to think of ourselves in our lives are like we think of ourselves as the sort of hero in our lives, right sort of a subject confronting a world of objects um that's sort of how we naturally tend to think about ourselves um so you know this idea and I think that that is a sort of but it's, that's actually inaccurate, right? I mean, we talk about things. We have to think about things systemically. We don't. We we don't. And when we don't think about things systemically, we sort of miss the point, right? We end up thinking about ourselves um, as if we start focusing on individuals and saying, "Well, is that individual that hero is not is failing? Hit individuals failing in their hero journey." That's the problem. It's not the it's not the system that we all live in. The water, to use your analogy, that we all grew up in. That's the problem. It's that individual. That's the problem, and that's a constant theme that we come back to. And I think it's a critical theme that we come back to. Um, and I think that the and that individual has historically been a white man. That has been like the hero. I mean, every Holly, every one of those Disney princes, right? That's who that person is. Or it's a brown person who basically looks like a white person, right? You know, like they have like all white features, but they have brown skin, mm-hmm. which is yeah. like, that's, that's a light brown, light brown, very light brown skin. <laughs> um, that's sort of how they do that, which is like, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only very recently that they actually have black people who look like black people with black hair and everything like that. That's a very, very recent thing. Um, and uh, and of course, women always bear the brunt of this, right? And this sort of clicks into what you're talking about there about this this trying to overwhelm her defenses, right? And then I got the girl, and now I'm the hero with the with the wench by my side going into the going into the future. And like that's the mentality that we grew up in. I think that is something that we have to call out about ourselves. And speaking of calling out about ourselves, um, and this might not be the answer that you're looking for. And I think it's weird coming from aggressive like me, but. Um, and none of this, by the way, I want to preface this by saying none of this justifies any aggressive male behavior, um, sexual assault, obviously, or anything like that. But right, I once heard the story, and I looked it up to sort of verify this, and I was able to confirm it uh, last night before in pre- preparation for the show. And there was right uh, a, tr- a trans woman, and she started taking her uh, hormone testosterone um, to transition to. A man, right, and uh, to 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 a male gender, and um, and that individual was shocked at how their thinking changed. Right, they were shocked of like the thoughts that came through their head, sexual thoughts, aggressive thoughts that come to their head. Like, and talking about this living in the water. To me, I don't know what it's like. To not live in a body that is male, so I don't. So it's just a baseline for me, and um, uh, and I think I'm a pretty progressive guy. I think I take women seriously. I think that right, but nevertheless, that's like a real thing, and yeah. I don't think it's, I think it's hard for women to wrap their mind around that who haven't have experience with testosterone as much testosterone. Of course, varying levels of testosterone in women and men, notwithstanding. So I think that like um, that is. I bring that up not to say, oh, well, that's why men do what they do. Um, I think that that means that those of us who I, I think that for the same way, I often say that things flash across our minds that we're not even aware of like when like the things trigger like, you know. Racist thoughts will trigger or flash across your mind. A sexist thought will try to flash across your mind. And most people are not paying attention to that. And if it, and if it did happen, they would deny it. 
And even if they had it in front of their face, if someone could somehow show them that image that flashed across their mind, they would deny that that is true. But it is true. It is true. And that doesn't mean that justifies like, oh, well, everybody's racist. So like, oh, well, no, right. of course not. Of course right. not. No, 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 no. That's not what we're saying at all. But what I'm saying is that, and I say this all the time, is that we have to come to terms with, first of all, our biology. We have to come to terms with the society that we grew up in and come to terms with how we have been socialize in that environment. And I think that any man who is not seriously thinking about that for this is is missing a big part of being an ally. And I think the same thing is true for white people who are not seriously considering that. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think it it makes me think of what we were talking about um, with, you know, seeing an unhoused person and having those immediate thoughts going through your head of like, well, what did they do to get themselves there? Yes, and having yes, this yes. like capitalistic idea that somehow they deserve it or, um, yeah. And the idea of just being aware of the thoughts and not like beating yourself up is not the answer. Ignoring it is not the answer, right? Because ideally what we want is growth. And the only way that you can grow is you start to notice the reality of your thoughts, Right. You have to recognize that truth because it is the water we grew up in. We're not. I really don't think there are. are Maybe that's the name of this. What? Serious. The water we grew up in. The water we grew up in. Ooh, girl. I like it. Maybe okay. I, that, that could be something that we should at least yeah. put that on the list. I like it. I mean, I'm going to write it down yeah, right now. The water we grew up in. I think that's a good list, a good thing to put on the list or something in terms oh, of, like you know, I don't one. know. We grew up in. Um, yeah, I like that a lot. Um, but now I forgot what was, what was I going to say? Oh, no, boy, sorry. <laughs> right. Growth. <laughs> it's a growth mentality, right? And you need all the data you can get. You just want to be open to data. It's just data, you know? And it's exactly. not, not, not because you're a bad person. It's just the truth of our reality, our world. Absolutely. And one other thing I wanted to mention too, if I could just really briefly, and that is, um, you know, another element of this is. Um, that made me that as I was reviewing and preparing for the show is this challenge of like, of being sexualized as a black man. Right. Um, I think that there is, um, and I mean, I, I don't know that I am, that I sort of fit the fetishized idea of a black person. I, and I don't really know. Cause I'm, first of all, I'm on the fetish side of this, so mm -hmm. I don't really know, <laughs> but it's a weird combination of being, but it's a thing, right? I mean, there are an entire porn category based on this, right? You know? Um, and it's, and, and, and because of, and it's, and it's obviously deeply racist in origin, right? I mean, it's, it's this idea that Black men are a sexual prowess among black men and also sexual aggressiveness um, among black men, right? That's this sort of this idea, these ideas. And it's a weird way of being objectified and fetishized. And it's like, and I think growing up, I don't really have this experience now. I'm a much, I'm a more mature, I'm married for that matter. Um, and uh, so this is not things that I think about a whole lot. But, you know, when I wasn't and when I was much younger, there was, and, and also before, you know, I can't emphasize enough the difference between pre-Trump and pre-George Floyd and post. It is radically different. Yeah. It is radically different from the perspective of a black person. I can, I, I can attest to that. But 
you know, it was just always like, is this woman dating me because it's a phase that it's like, you know, something interesting to do, something to tick off a bucket list, right? Like that is a huge part of, and, and of course, the majority of the women that I've dated, not all, but the majority of the women that I've dated and who I've, um, or who I've hooked up with, frankly, over the years um, when I was younger were white, but not always, um, but, but oftentimes white. So that was like, just because that was the environment I grew up in. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that was a thing. So as you're talking about, you know, objectification in general, yeah. right? And that idea, you know, it's, uh, and that's not to, again, I am a man. And so it's not the same as being a black woman being sexist, being fetishized, right? Very different. But nevertheless, that's my experience. So I just figured I'd mention that too. Yeah. Well, I think in general, if you're not a white man, then the you are put into a category that is fetishized, like objectified. I mean, look at like Asian women, point. you know, like point. you don't you're you, because in that world, you are not real. Like your experiences aren't as real as the main character who is a white man. Um, but like we could do a whole episode on the idea of like the centralization of of the white man as like, you know, the default standard human and then we've all had to watch these movies growing up and imagining ourselves in that character's shoes like what must that be like but they've never had the inverse experience and when they do they cry about it oh my god they lose their <laughs> shit they lose it for, for the first time in like ever protagonists are not all white men including white men in blackface or in or <sighs> being a native american or being um or being uh being uh, japanese uh, japanese or yeah. middle eastern right mm -hmm. and the first time that they're not the center of the show oh my god it's wokeism right oh my right that's what it is that's it. anyway yeah it's it's wild it's wild it's wild and and, and we're the snowflakes though though we're we're of the snowflakes we we're are the snowflakes, right yes right. we want them to change and that's too much <laughs> too much too much all right well do you have any final comments um i don't think so i think we've we've nailed it i think uh really i like this idea well i don't like the idea but i think it's important to talk about things systemically i think it's important this idea and i think i one of the things that i think the most the uh, i think one of the most overlooked elements of social justice is the internal view of looking at self and calling ourselves out. I think it's people think that that means I'm a racist, that means I'm a sexist, that means I'm a homophobe, that means I am an elite. It does not mean that. It means that you grew up in the same system that the rest of us did and you, it is really hard to separate yourself from it. It is really hard and it takes conscious, deliberate, relentless effort. Yes, amen to that. Change starts inside. Well, thank you so much for listening. And remember, if you like our show, make sure to subscribe, leave a review, check out our Patreon, and tell your friends to listen. New episodes post Mondays on all the major podcast channels. Please connect with us on social media because we love you and we want to talk to you. Until next time, please care for each other, share your experience, strength, and hope with each other and with the people you love. <laughs> <laughs>